Hello you and welcome to the My Broadcast podcast with me, your host, Laura Marne. In this series, I am joined by a bevy of brilliant babes to talk all things metastatic breast cancer, getting into the nitty gritty of the challenging topics that we need to be speaking about but often don't. In today's episode, I'm joined by the gorgeous Jennifer Cronje to talk all about metastatic breast cancer and thriving through adversity. We really hope you enjoy this episode and we'd love to hear from you. So give us a shout. Let us know what you think using hashtag MyBroadcast on Instagram. Jennifer, how are you, darling? I'm fine, gorgeous. How are you? I'm really well, thanks, mate. I always feel so happy when I get to see your beautiful smiley face. For those of you listening in, we're on Zoom so we can see each other. And Jen's smile is nothing (laughs) short of infectious thank you thank you thank you good to see you too so for those people who are listening who don't know you and your uh, metastatic breast cancer experience Jen do you want to fill people in on you and your and your journey so far yes it's a long story and a story I'm going to try and keep it like high level overview (laughs) um I was first diagnosed with breast cancer um, when I was 31, just before I turned 32. Um, that was my primary diagnosis. Um, it was, um, it turned out to be stage three, estrogen sensitive. But um, what actually took me to the GP initially was a discharge from my right breast. And the first time I went, um, it was checked and they said there was nothing wrong with it. And I was sent about my way. And then I kind of noticed that it was getting worse. It had changed colour. So I went back and I got referred again. And um, yeah, they told me, um, they were like, you have an invasive carcinoma. And I was kind of like, oh, I think I know what that means. I think you're telling me I have breast cancer. Um, and it was it was a shock to say the least. Um, my mum was with me and I just remember her gasping and just bursting into tears. And my mum's not the kind of person that cries for anything. Mm. Um, and I was just like rubbing her back saying, don't, don't worry, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Cause I was just more concerned about her at that moment in time. Um, and yeah, it, it was tough. It was tough. Um, I think I just never expected it. You, you never think you're going to be diagnosed with breast cancer, do you? Um, no, mate. When you, you are, you still It's not just, in your plans. It's never in your plans, especially in your thirties when you're kind of mm-hmm. like in your prime and trying to like, you know, you're just I was just really enjoying life at the time and I wasn't thinking about anything like this and it's just and also I guess you know you never for me you you never when you see all these breast cancer campaigns and magazines and pamphlets and on the tv you don't see a young black woman so you know in my mind it doesn't happen to young black women so I was not expecting it at all at all at all so um you know it was it was it was really tough um, and I think I kind of, I just took it day by day and I always just had the mentality and just followed the mantra, this too shall pass, this too shall pass and took it day by day, day by day. No matter how bad I felt, I just, you know, I just thought this, it will pass, it will get to an end at some point and I will get on with my life. And, um, you know, and then you get to the point where you think, right, okay, I'm going to try and reclaim and get back to the person who I was before and that just doesn't happen because that person doesn't exist anymore right you just Mm -hmm. been through far too much to be that person anymore and I always say that it's almost like you you lose your sense of freedom because before Mm. you just live your life and you're going out you're having fun and then all of a sudden you can be in the same bar but in your mind you're just thinking that you're you're thinking about what you've been through and then like mm. all your friends like having fun like they have no you just think you have no idea you actually have no idea 
And, and so, also, you're feeling, I don't know about you, I feel like there'll be times I'll be out somewhere and I'm feeling really grateful and, like, noticing all the little things. And that in itself is a reminder of what you've been through because yeah. beforehand you never really analysed the situation that way. Yeah, yeah. you just didn't see it. You didn't, you didn't see the beauty in life, right? You didn't, mm. you, you did, like, you, you enjoyed life, but you didn't, you know, you didn't enjoy the smaller things, right? Um, mm. And so, you know, I, 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 went, I got through that and, you know, I... I five years like post my diagnosis I was I remember I'd taken myself on holiday for the by myself for the first time um I went to where did I get I went to Monaco and I remember I was going to be with, with a few girlfriends and they all said they couldn't come and I was like you know what it's my birthday I'm going anyway um and it was my, my birthday's October it's breast cancer awareness month and it's also when I was diagnosed so I always, oh really yeah so I always made a point of going away around that time whether it's with and a lot of the time I actually went to Ghana, which is where my family's from. And I spent like two, three weeks there. And on this occasion, I was like, right, I'm going to go somewhere different. And I went by myself. And I remember like sitting, looking out of the water. And I just wrote this whole long post on social media. And I was just like, I've got to five years. I've kissed the wall. I'm free. I can claim my life back. I can just get mm-hmm. on with things. And I re- that's how I felt. Because I think before that, I was just living in so much fear. I was so scared. It was mm-hmm. going to come back. I was afraid to just be happy because I was like the second I'm happy it can be taken away from you um and you know I just at that moment I thought right you've got here like you've got there now you can just get on and start living your life and um unfortunately that wasn't to be um, <laughs> like as I, I as much as I was enjoying my life and I was going on holiday all the time I was like, every year for my birthday at the very least I was away um and then in 2018 um it was August. I found out that um, I, I, I basically, I, my, my, my mastectomy scar felt lumpy. So I just thought it was a bit annoying and I didn't, I wanted to get rid of it. So I brought it up with my um, oncologist at the time. And um, I, I think I didn't, I didn't think it was cancer because I just, I, no one ever really told me to look out for a cancer returning when I've had a full mastectomy, uh, you know. So I was more, and I knew that every month I'm having a mammogram on the other side. So I'm thinking that's the side I need to be mindful of. Um, and yeah, it just, it, I went through, but I, I, I remember at the time I didn't tell anyone in my family as well because okay. we had a death in the family and I thought they don't need to worry. And I didn't think it was anything as well. And I remember when they did it, um, when I went in and they told me, oh, I'm really sorry, Jen, the cancer's come back. And um, she, I, I, I remember I was very composed. I said, oh, right. And I was, you know, shocked, upset, but I walked out and it wasn't until I got out of that room that I felt it. And I just immediately mm. went to call my younger brother and I was just like, on the phone. And <laughs> he was like, what? I can't hear you. Because obviously there's no reception in the hospitals, right? So, yeah. I was like, I'll call you back. And by the time I got outside, I missed like three calls from my mum, my dad, like everyone had been calling me because mm. he'd called my parents saying, I'm trying to get hold of Jen. She called me, she's really upset. Do you know where she is? And when my mum called me, I still said, oh, I'm at Brent Cross doing shopping. I still didn't tell her because it was her brother we'd lost. And I just, mm. I didn't want to worry them. And um, and then, you know, obviously at that point, I had to start telling them what was mm. going on. And, you know, my oncologist had told me that, you know, it's going to be a surgical case. It looks contained. So it's going to be, you know, and so it's going to be surgery and that's it. And um, then I later on, after the various scans, found out that it had spread to my lungs and my spine and one of my ribs. Um, 
and obviously at that point you know it's incurable and Mm. um yeah and that was beyond a shock and it Mm. was hard to take in and I think initially I just I found it difficult to get past it you know it was just yeah can I only imagine pal yeah, yeah it's not it's not it's definitely not easy and you start thinking about already cancer's taken so much from you but now you've taken away my future you've taken mm. away my chance to have children you've taken away you, and I, I just felt like you've taken everything and I had mm. nothing left um and I just you know it took a while it took a really long time and I remember like around the time that obviously I got this diagnosis I I'd call my brother and um in Canada and I and I was just like oh my god I wish you were here I really wish you were here this is like so awful and like literally like two days later the doorbell rings and I no one's answering the door because I actually stay at my parents no one's answering the door I'm like I'll say why is no one answering the door Mm. I'm I'm sitting in my chair like really upset someone should Mm. answer the door and I got up answer the door and it was my brother and he got on a flight straight away to come and see me and I like I think after him being here was he could only stay for a week um but we had a lot of fun we went for dinner went sushi samba and all sorts oh yeah exactly and I think after he left I just he made me feel a lot better because also he's a doctor and, and he knows a number of like the oncologists and stuff like that so he's spoken to so it just it reassured me and I thought you know what I'm going to be okay mm. and you know I, I felt a bit better but I still I think I still was very much on the it's you know terminal it's you know yeah it's the language right because I had this conversation one of the other guests and it's that term terminal and it's actually what that does then it just makes it seem end of life and actually what's going on is you've got a long-term condition um so you know by using that language it's a detriment to people's idea of what metastatic breast cancer is and looks like because they just assume it's a death sentence and actually people are living with and beyond like fuller longer lives with the disease than they ever have Um, but I guess you need to see that when you get diagnosed you need to see those people and it's so hard and when they're not being shown those people they don't and like they always give you the worst case scenario and I I I always say I just don't understand why they can't also give you a little bit of hope yeah Um, you know I they like to say we don't want to give false hope but there isn't there's no such thing as false hope there's any lack of hope and why would you not Mm. give somebody hope right and yeah you know it gives them some something to get up for in the morning when you you know because otherwise what like what is the point of getting up if all you're fearing is death and the truth of the matter is everyone's terminal right thanks we're born terminal yeah one thing that's certain is that nobody lives forever and you know, especially like what we've all been through with COVID and stuff. Like there's so many people that, you know, they were full of life and they're not here anymore. So, you know, and it's so sad that it takes like something like this to make mm. you really, really appreciate life and live in yeah. the present, right? And, yeah. and appreciate, like you said, living gratitude and all of that and, you know, experience new things. Um, I just, before I think I just, you always just think, oh, I'll, I'll this time later on, I, I've got to do this job, that job, and mm. I need to get to this certain pace in life. And I just, but, I, you know, you, you, you realise that, you know, you need to enjoy it now. And, you know, yeah. like you said, there's so many people like living, you know, twin, like so many years with best of that yeah. So it wasn't until I met these people that I started to live in hope. Like I, I, mm. I went to Florida and I met some people some insta friends in person yeah, and um, that's the best you know, thing that happens exactly and you know some of them have been living with metastatic breast cancer for 10 15 20 years plus and before I met them I didn't even know that was possible I just thought mm. you get it and 
three to five years, you'll be lucky. And, mm. you know, just meeting them and seeing how they were thriving, right? How they were living their best life. Mm. And on top of that, you know, they weren't, you know, I would say that, you know, thriving is is so much like there was so much more than just surviving, right? Like surviving uh, is yeah. just getting just getting through it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I always love the quote from Maya Angelou that she says, like, my mission in life is not to merely survive, but to thrive. Yeah. And you know, that's that's everything, isn't it? Like just mm. doing more, right? Like living yeah. the best life, being the best version of you, living in the present and you know, showing your light and sharing it with others, you know, so others can have hope, others can believe that they too can get through this, right? Mm. Yeah. So uh, I just, definitely. Yeah. I just think, you know, there's there's so much more to life that you don't see unless you open your eyes, right? Um and, and cancer has a funny way of flicking them wide open. It does, very it makes you woke for sure. Like mm. it really opens your eyes to thing. You just all of a sudden like I need to live now. Like I want to see the world. Like mm. I've done, I've got like my my best life list and Yay. Yeah, and it's like including things like, you know, it's just it's it's just it's little things, but like I want to see the Northern Lights. I want I haven't been to Niagara Falls, I've been to Canada, but never seen the Niagara mm. Falls. And I want to do I've done like a, a mini like elephant back safari, but I want to do a yeah. proper Africa safari like what you did. Like I remember. Oh my god, yeah. I went to Tanzania. Yeah. That was. Yeah. And I, yes. I went I went to Tanzania and I was just like, oh my god. It was but it's true, it's because you stop living it's not that you live like you don't have a future, but you stop wasting time putting things off till tomorrow, yeah, I guess, yeah. because you just know that it isn't promised and how quickly you can have the rug pulled from underneath yeah. you. Tomorrow's can I ask you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I ask you about your mindset? So we're going to get into your, your mindset yeah. now more and, you know, um, the things you've got going on. But yeah. I'm really interested to know who was Jen prior to cancer? Like, what was your mindset like prior to your primary prior to anything like we did you did you find you're quite a positive person still then I, I don't know if I was I don't think I was but I I think then I was just more focused on work right like mm-hmm. I were I, at the time I was more like I was working corporate and I'd go to work and I was all I was more focused my definition of success was totally different then right mm-hmm. so I was more focused on that and like getting promoted and um you know I you know, I wouldn't say I was negative, but I think mm. I had no reason to doubt that I would be here forever and that I, you know, I can do anything that I want. I can have fun. And I, you know, I, I just, I just got on with things. I, I wasn't afraid, right? I didn't think that, mm. yeah, I know things happen to other people, but I didn't think that happened to me, right? So I just lived my life and, you know, not necessarily planning that far forward. If I wanted mm. to get, I would, I would just... I just I I did I also was a lot younger like I was it was yeah. before like it was in my 20s so I lived like a 20 year old like yeah I want to go on holiday I go on holiday I want to yeah. like hang out with my friends and like I just I lived like a 20 year old right like yeah I just enjoy I enjoyed life I wasn't you know I wasn't necessarily thinking about my future but I expected that I had a future Right. And you probably I, weren't even, yeah, babe, that's exactly it. You expect that you do, so you don't, I always say pre-cancer, you're kind of comfortably numb yeah. to so much because yeah. you're just going on living your life, life as anyone your age would be, doing the normal things, but not really paying attention. What I'd say is to like the greater things in life and like your perception of things and, you know, your gratitudes because yeah. 
you feel like, you know, one day I'll think about that. One day I'll travel here. One day I'll have to, you know, be an adult and like grow up and think about like these big... (laughs) Yeah, but you know what I mean? And especially when you get a cancer young, because I also was diagnosed at 31, you, you it all of a sudden is a snap moment of going, I have been living in my future yeah. and expecting, I was one of those people, Gemma, I was like, life was happening to me. Yeah, I was like life's happening to me and like if bad things happen I was such a victim of my circumstance I never really felt like the master of my destiny and that changed for me during cancer I don't know about you yeah like you know I like I said I I worked in corporate and I hated my job literally hated Mm. it and I I did it for 12 years and yeah I worked in the same company from literally from when I graduated up until I left and I actually left with my plan like I had this whole thing like right I'm gonna go and live in Ghana so this is what I really wanted to do and I packed up my stuff and I went and I this is when I got on a motorcycle accident came back and then I got diagnosed but um I think I can't remember what I was gonna say now um it was just um I I lived as if there was always time right mm-hmm. there was always time and you don't you don't ever think that that's gonna change isn't mm. it and yeah I just you just I, I don't know I don't I, I don't I, can't, I don't know if I can remember that far back about what my mentality was but Mate, same just, like when I see pictures of me before and I try and remember her it's like who is she I don't know her like yeah what like yeah. I can't remember it's, anymore it's been so I, long I feel like I was such it was so forever ago and I was such a different person because like you said like I wasn't I wasn't thinking about the tomorrows I wasn't planning that far forward I was just living you know, yes, we live in the present. We say live in the present now, but that's in a completely different way, right? Like mm. we're enjoying life. But I was living the but like if I want to go, if I want to go on holiday, I would tell work, oh, I've got, I've, I have to like go away for. A, I'd give my excuses mm. and, and escape yeah. for a week, whatever. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't that. I wasn't conscious of my choices and the way that yeah. I live my life. I Very kind reactive. Of lived it. Yeah, like I just, reactive. Yeah. yeah, and you just exist and. Like you said, things just happen to you. And like I said, I, that job I was in for 10 years, and I was like, I hate my job. And my, my boss is taking credit for my work. And you know what? Like the me now would have been like, no, like, what do you mean? Like I would have put a stop to a lot of it. And I just, I wouldn't have stayed there for as long as I did because that would have been wasting, that waste, that was 12 years wasted, you know? Like, but at mm. the same time, it, it's still, I, I, I know that, that, I knew that that's what, not what I wanted to do, right? And I... Mm. You know, it was a it was a great job in the sense that I was able to buy my flat. It paid me well, but you know, I've left that, and now I I do I make cakes, I have my own business, and you know that's that kind of just felt happened. That that kind of did just happen to me. Like mm. it turns out that it's something that I'm really good at, and I was doing it for my nephew's birthday, and then you know people are asking me, "Oh, Jane, can you do a cake for me?" And I'm like, "All right then," and they're offering to pay me, so I'm like, "Well." why not and you know I was always good at art at school so it's kind of like cake art cake art and you know I just fell into it and I really enjoyed it and I just kept doing it and um you know I just before I would have been more about you know I I won't be earning enough so Mm. I wouldn't do a job like that I'm like no stay in the manager job that you're in before because then you can drive the nice cars and Mm. buy the handbags and you know who's to say you can't with the cakes but I like to know when my next paycheck was coming. Yeah. I wanted to, I needed. What star sign are you? Libra. 
Okay, so you're like balanced decisions, yeah. right? Okay, yeah, and I'm I've a Taurian been... and I need financial security, but yeah, cancer's just, just changed it, a lot. Exactly. So now I'm just like, well, do what you need to do to be happy, right? Because mm. you just don't know. You just don't know. And like, you know, I'm I'm two years into my three to five years, but I'm just mm. like... I don't believe it. I don't believe we that. Don't, we don't live in That's statistics. That's not my portion. World. Yeah. That's not your portion. We talk about this with Deb on the podcast. Like, Deb's already outdone her time here on this planet yeah. as far as yeah. statistics go. But you're not a statistic. You are Jen. I, and yeah, I'm you not can't live person. with that in mind. I think it's quite a dangerous yeah. game to play when you do that. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we are. And the thing is, the statistics that are there, I mean, we're in a very different day and age. And we like things are changing and advancing at such a pace that actually they're probably really archaic now um there's probably much better outcomes and 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 there aren't really great statistics there aren't really great statistics Mm. kept on people with metastatic breast cancer anyway Mm. like they only really record them when they die they don't yeah i think they truly know how many of us there are living with metastatic breast cancer because it's just recorded as a reoccurrence right so it's not until you die that they're like you've died of secondary breast cancer so there's a lot of women thriving like even if you look at chris from you know Copperfoot, like she's like, yeah. 11 years and, you know. She's like, like the icon, isn't yeah. she? She's like, it's like breast cancer. You look at Chris and you're like, that is how exactly. you do it. <laughs> that is how I, it's I, done. I know two people that I've met, 20 years, they've been living with metastatic breast cancer. And that's not to say they've not had their ups and downs and progression. They have. But mm. they've always been there to like, whatever they had to do to get get it back. But they're, mm. they're still living and thriving and doing their advocacy and, you know, it's people like them that inspire me and inspire me to do the things that I do, you know, so, mm. which is amazing. They're just, I just, I think if I hadn't seen them, I would I, also, I do, there's a couple of them that are black women as well. And I think if I hadn't yeah. seen them, I wouldn't have, you know, been brave enough to tell my story because when yeah. I had my primary diagnosis, I didn't really tell people. Like I also mm. told my family knew my close friends. Um, but this time, and also when you know, it's not going anywhere. The cancer's here. Yeah. And, you know, by God's grace, I pray every day that I will be radical remission and no evidence of Dude, disease. you never know. You never yeah, know. This is what I pray for. But at the same time, you know, I just, um, yeah, I'm like, so I'm just like, you know what? Just, you need to tell the story. You need other women to know that other black women, that this is real. It can happen to them. Like, because, mm. you know, black, they definitely don't check themselves either. So, Mm. I felt that you know what you need to share your story to let people know that this is real. This is so so real, and um, you know. Then, but I, I, when I looked at the cancer space, I didn't really see a place for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't until um, I, I don't know whether she found me mm. or I found her, mm. Leah from Black Moon Rising, yeah. and I saw her talking about her journey, and that just you know linking with her, speaking to her, and she mm. invited come to like one of the black women rising support groups and tell my story mm. that was the first time where I'd stood up and spoken about what I've been because I'm not even someone that likes to talk about myself but what, mm. was, what I do all this time <laughs> funny that didn't it that's what I was I like I was in cancer all of a sudden it's like I just talk about myself all day long yeah like, yeah. like all of a sudden like because it's, it's so important, I think, like that link between representation and being able to thrive because you can't be what you can't see you can't beat what you can't see either yeah. Yeah. so it's like if you can't you know, if you can't see women that look like you have like the same kind of like upbringing and stuff, like even like been working class and seeing working class women doing it, you know, like there's so many different alignments. And then different when places. you see someone doing it and doing it well, Jen, yeah. and like living well, then you can kind of go, 
that's a bit of me. That's, that's what cool. I'm striving yeah. for. And that has such a big mental impact, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And like like I said, all the, you know, I saw these other women living with breast cancer. And then I thought, that's when I, I got myself together and thought, right, you can do this too. And that's when I started doing all the things that I wanted to do. And then I wanted other people to see as well, because I feel like a lot of the women that you see thriving with metastatic breast cancer, they're all in the US and people don't see them from here. And I wanted people to know that, you know, it's not necessarily a death sentence. You too can thrive. You know, you can live your best life. And, mm -hmm. you know, you know, and also, like I said, you know, let black women know that this can happen to them because too often or not, you always hear about, especially even in my family, I've always mm. heard about someone with breast cancer after they've died. Like I didn't yeah, know yeah. they were struggling through it when they had it. Mm -hmm. I heard about it afterwards. And that's not like that's that's not bringing awareness that's not letting women and if that's like, even that sometimes they don't tell you you won't mm. know until after I got diagnosed then there's some will say oh Jen yeah you know my mum died of breast cancer and I didn't know before so mm. it's not making it, it's still not making me think black women can get breast cancer and I need women to know that I need black women to check themselves right yeah um and yeah so you know like I said, I, I, you know, speaking to Leanne and working with them. And I, I remember the first time I met you was at mm. the, um, the exhibition, the portrait gallery. Yeah, the Black Women Rising. Yeah, yeah, and that was the first time that um, I met Leanne as well, actually. Mm. And that's the first time we met in real life. And I remember going and I found it really difficult looking at the portraits, if I'm honest, just because yeah. I never really... Once, once I had my reconstruction, I try not to think about it, and I didn't really, yeah. didn't really see pictures of women with scars and mastectomies and stuff. Like well, that. especially so, not women of color. Yeah, you see yeah. them on our TV screens. You see them on white women, but you don't see women yeah. of color. And that's the thing. When I got diagnosed, the first thing you do is you Google for images, mm. for pictures. You, I wanted to see what I would look like because I, I, I had a year before I had my reconstruction done. Like, okay. I had no idea what I was going to look like, and also, you know, mm. with black black people, you scar you scar easily, so you get keyboard yeah. scarring. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to know, like, how good can it look? How bad will it look? And you just didn't see it. So it's amazing for this portrait gallery to be out there. So there's mm. pictures you can see, like any woman scared and wondering, you can now when you Google, you will find women have had mm. mastectomies, they've had their nipple reconstruction, or not had their nipple reconstruction, or decided to live flat or whatever like mm. you, you can see pictures of this and that's thanks to Leanne because before that yeah you would have googled it and found nothing um, exactly yeah so I just I just think it's so important so so important for all of us you mm. know to share our story like you know anyone from the BAME community not just black women mm. all of us mm. because I think within the BAME community there's similarities in that you don't talk about mm. illness you don't talk about mm. disease it's seen as shameful or Mm. Like someone's put a curse on you and ridiculous things like that so people just but, don't talk about it but this is a, but this is the thing and this is the lights that we need to shine because right. also in terms of like prevention like we know if people aren't talking about these things like you said until someone passes or you know then then there's this kind of um kind of stigma around the disease so then people are terrified of it yeah. and actually the best thing you can do is kind of be like you're not 
checking for cancer you are checking your breasts to be part of your self-care and then changing that narrative so it makes people more comfortable and also changing the narrative around illness within certain communities so what happens is if we don't have an understanding we know that there aren't enough stats Jen. we know the stats are not relevant it's all lumped under bane lumped under bane whereas every single community under bane every single ethnicity under bane is completely different i I have to say i don't like that whole bane yeah also different right like yeah even like there's a difference even between like African black and, and you know, Afro yeah. Caribbean, African American and yeah. Asian and like there's just and whether you're Chinese, Indian, mm. like stuff like there's there's a difference in, you know, there's a difference in outcomes, there's a difference in how you present, there's a difference mm. in, you know, so it's important that all of us have a space to share yeah. our stories and to, and to be seen what yeah. cancer is about. So that People our age, young women especially, know mm. that it can happen to you and know that please be aware of your bodies. Know exactly. that you need to check yourself and not just your breast check. But know you're normal everywhere, right? Like, know exactly. And if something looks strange or weird or you're not comfortable, you're not sure, then go to your GP. Don't think you're wasting mm. their time. Like, you know, let them tell you they're wasting their time. Or, but yeah. just go, go, just you know. go and do it. And do you know what's so weird as well? It's like, it's that whole thing, isn't it? Like, before I got cancer, it was the worst thing in the world that could ever possibly happen to me. Now I've gone through it and touch wood, you know, hopefully it won't come back. But, you know, if it does, I'm so much more aware of what goes on, what my options are, what, what it looks like, which makes me feel less afraid. And actually going, well, if that's the hand I've been dealt, I think I can do this. I, I think I can cope because because of women like you talking about your um, experiences of it and because of what I'm, what I'm seeing. So, like, in terms of representation and, and, like, being able to thrive, it is vital that we see women living, like, really well with metastatic yeah. breast cancer, but also women from every walk of life, every age, ethnicity, body shape, yeah. you know, even, like, trans um you get like loads of people who transition like from um gendered male to gendered female mm-hmm. um and then they'll have hormones put yeah, into their body their so they're 40% more likely to get to get breast cancer but you know we need to make sure these stories are being heard and being told so that we the problem we have is with representation if we're not seeing all different um approaches and belief systems around cancer and understand truly why people aren't going to get checked why people are rejecting chemo all these things then people fall through the cracks yeah and it's not a one-size-fits-all with cancer is it like it is so nuanced it's as multifaceted as we all are as humans so I think there is a shift towards um you know a much more inclusive way but there's a long way to go and that's why like the Leans of the world the Jen Crondies of the world are like doing the bits that that we are to like be able to make sure that people have the same mindset as you Jen because another thing that's like a really exciting thing that we've been working on recently and it's just been launched is the Black Women Rising magazine Mm -hmm. and that's been like that's what that was our lockdown project the Anne was like right I've got this idea do you guys want to be involved and there was like three feature writers and like there was four of us that started off this team and we were like coming together building this magazine and none of us have ever done anything like that before but all we knew was we wanted to reach more people we wanted you know people that don't have access to the insects not everyone does and older women Mm. don't as well right so we wanted to do this magazine and we were able to read like interviews I've got to speak to so many amazing women 
and you know tell their stories through the magazine and now it's being received so well like you were in the magazine as well <laughs> yeah oh yes yeah. <laughs> and it's being received so well now and you know people are like oh we you know, empowering inspiring and all these words being thrown about and when you're writing it you're you're you know you're putting in a lot of hard work but you don't mm-hmm. know if people are going to receive it because you know generally people in the black community don't want to talk about cancer they might not want to mm. see it written on paper but mm. everyone's taken it and black white asian whatever everyone's reading this magazine and saying well either we didn't know or this is amazing and i felt this way too and mm. you know we're just reaching far more people and it's just you know it's been amazing it's been truly truly amazing i've just I'm so, so that I was involved in that yeah it's so nice to see uh, the leaps and bounds that it's been able to come of out of a really dark time. Yeah. Um, that it's actually getting the light shine on it that it deserved always. Yeah. Um, and and you know, because no matter like we said, no matter your background, no matter your upbringing, one or two of us will experience cancer in our lifetime. So yeah. everyone's affected by it. Yeah. So whether they're overtly going to talk about cancer or not, or are open to a conversation, there's probably some interest there because who hasn't been affected by it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, can I talk to you about? Um, your mindset and the difference and disparity between you know your mindset the first time you were diagnosed and the mindset the second time um, around because the first time obviously you were talking like you went to a place but then you kind of were like oh that's me done now and then it recurred so you're someone who's got such a great positive thriving attitude so could you just talk us through yeah how your mindset shifted I think for like the first five years, up until I got to that Monaco moment, I think I was yeah, just existing. the Monaco moment. Monaco Hashtag. moment. I was I was just <laughs> existing and hoping and praying yeah. that I was gonna beat this, right? And like like you said, the worst to me in my mind, the worst possible thing would be to get cancer again and have to go mm-hmm. through everything that comes with it because it's not mm-hmm. easy. It's tough, and I think that was my it biggest is, fear. Yeah. And I just thought. And I lived in fear. Like I said, I lived in fear all that time. And then even though after the Monaco moment, I was like, right, okay, that's it. Let's live life and let's do fun stuff. I started my cake business and all mm. of that stuff. I still, I still don't think I was truly living in the present. Like I still don't mm-hmm. think I was, I still think I was kind of just taking it from year to year. Mm. Like I didn't have a five year plan, no 10 year plan. Like I wasn't mm. thinking that far ahead because I think I still was, you know, I, I was still having to go to appointments every six months and I was still being mm. told that I, because I was diagnosed so young, there is always that possibility. And then yeah. you're being told that, you know, you only expect to have to keep going in for five years and it turns to 10 yeah. years. So then I, part of me was always like, well, maybe like, maybe I do need to be more careful, but I still just kind of, you know, I, I, I think maybe I was in denial. Like I, I still didn't truly believe it could come back. And when it, when it did, I lived in fear, and mm. I was like, I'm going to die soon. And then I think once you, once you accept where you are, right? Once you mm. accept the diagnosis, and you're in a place of stability, and you, you know, you, I think I just, you know, I. I felt I've, I've always felt well I've always been asymptomatic so I've always felt mm. well so as far as I am I, I kind of had this thing where I feel well so therefore I am right yes and, which is a good mindset to have Jennifer yeah Ponder. and even though like I'm able to speak about my cancer journey I I, I disassociate myself from it because I I'm like mm, I don't feel like a cancer patient so mm. 
um, I'm talking about it, but I'm talking about just help other people. But actually, I, feel, I don't feel like I'm a cancer patient. So, um, but yeah, but and now I just, you know, I'm I I live in gratitude, and I live in, I, mm. I I I have to. I, I don't know how long I'm here for, so I need to enjoy mm. my life now. I need to spend time with the people that I love. I need to do the things that I enjoy. And, you know, I just, you have, I feel like you have to, have to just live your life to the full, right? Okay. Live your yeah. best life, I think, and live in, I live in hope, right? Hope mm. and faith. And I, because if you sit and think too much about, the diagnosis the prognosis I it's 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 tough and so I don't basically and mm. I just focus on my business and my my I'm, I, I'm just trying to thrive right trying to live yeah. life and live past it and and make sure that other women try and help other women so they don't have to go through what mm. I'm going through and you know and you know, I, I you, you make friends with people in the cancer community, and yeah, that's a tough place to be in itself, right? Because you oh, you know that you do. And every yeah. time you do, that's when it reminds me that I have. That's to very, it's very that. triggering. And it's yeah, like a rewarding it space, like in terms of the relationships you build, and you know, we talk about you know, Simon, so she was in the Black Women Rising, um, yeah. yeah. Um, exhibition and is a really big part of black women rising and we sadly yeah. um, say goodbye to her um yeah, yeah. yeah and and it it was so, it's it's still now like it just messes with me because that is a woman I met because I was ill we didn't have the same cancer but I had became such a massive part of my life and a real true friend outside of the yeah. disease yeah but what it does is when you lose someone and like it's so rewarding because people energetically and on a higher vibration get you in ways that no one else can until you've yeah. been that close to, yeah. to however you want to get to your mortality. And so to then to lose someone who gets you and, and then it makes it all very real. Yes. So um, I can't imagine what it must be like as someone who ha still has a disease in their yeah, body to have to do that. With secondaries, because it's when you see, especially other women with secondary breast cancer that die and it happens, mm -hmm. it feels like it's happening every other week. Yeah. Honest. And even if you don't know them personally, selfishly, you it's not so much for even thinking about them, I have to say. There's a lot of times I'm just thinking, oh, my God, like, that could happen to me. And I try yeah. not to be in that headspace. But mm. then you think, I know so many women with secondaries. And the reality is we're not we're not all going to make it, right? And it makes you start yeah. thinking these things. And that's not – I don't like to be in that headspace. Yeah, know? I don't, I don't can, like to be yeah. in that space. So, I like, I, you know, I allow myself to have these down days and these feelings. Like, mm. always, you have to allow yourself to feel down and feel – you know, sometimes feel yeah. powerless and feel mm. like, you know, this is not within my control and all of these horrible things. But I'm like, Jen, you can have a day in bed thinking about this, this nonsense. Mm. But after that, brush it off and get up and live your life. Because mm. I, I, I refuse to allow cancer to take any more time than it needs to in my life. Yeah, it's taken enough. Yeah, it's taken, taken enough. enough. It's taken enough. So I, you know, don't, I don't, I refuse to let it define me. I refuse to let my life, like, I'm more than a cancer patient. I'm still 100%. Jennifer. Like, exactly. you know, I don't, I, I talk about my journey, but that's, I don't talk about it every day because I yeah, can't, good. right? I can't. Yeah. But we get so lost in it, right? Like when we do the work that we do, and if you're used, like if like you and I, you're, you're openly talking about it all the time. Like there was a point where I sat down, I think like at the start of the oh. year, and I was like, what day did I not 
talk about cancer today uh, and this week and then actually what I've started to do now because there's so much power in words right Mm -hmm. like when I talk about my cancer experience and how it's changed my mindset or or, all my life because of course it has it's part of the tapestry of who I am now but it's using the language so now I've stopped saying oh when I had cancer I start going oh when I was quite unwell or well from being chronically ill it taught me and it takes the loadedness out of it it's all those little things that help improve mindset when it comes to your own um health it's 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 incredible how it can shift and it it stops it definitely stops me living in that place you know it allows me space to be lauren can i ask something this is going to sound really weird question to ask but if some as someone who like all of us who've been diagnosed with cancer i think any form after you've been diagnosed once you do live in that fear of the recurrence did you feel any strange sense of almost relief when it happened because you were no longer waiting for it to happen is that a weird thing to ask no it's not so like I said I always thought this would be the worst possible thing in the world to happen to me Mm. and then it happened Mm. and life life continued the world kept spinning everyone went about their business so either you can stop and sit and stay in that place or you Mm. can get up and keep spinning too like it was a case of well it's happened now there's mm. in my mind there's nothing worse that can happen right it's happening yeah. until you deal with it and yeah you don't have that fear anymore like I'm, yeah. not, I'm not scared my cancer's going to come back because it's back right it's so, back so you're living yeah, in it and with yeah, it and dealing with it exactly obviously you have yeah. other fears about progression and stuff yeah. like that yeah but, you know it's you deal with it and like I said I'm so I'm some that definitely lives in hope and I don't believe it's my portion yeah and yeah like I said I don't feel unwell and I yeah. never have done um so I I hold on to that I hold yeah. on to that and that gives me hope and that you know, yeah that makes me believe that you know what Jen maybe you'll be okay maybe you'll be okay. yeah well me and Deborah talk about this often like we always say in the podcast the two things you want as a cancer patient are hope and options and if you take either of those things away that's when it becomes detrimental yeah, yeah. and actually the longer you have hope and the longer you're alive the more options become available and exactly. it's just this, this is it. little chicken and egg I'm this just like you know what if other people are living five ten years Jen you need to live five ten years because in ten years time your yeah. options will be open there'll yeah. be so many more options so you isn't just keep it, staying alive until like all these options keep coming, all yeah. these options keep coming and you'll be all right. So And isn't it amazing as well? I always think this about terms of my mindset. Like what you said earlier about um really struck a chord with me about, you know, when you first got you had your primary diagnosis and you, you stopped living in the future, you would live like year to year. Yeah. I still very much feel the same. And I but yeah. I, I genuinely feel that's not because I'm sitting there going, Oh my god, it's gonna come back. It's just because I can't sit and just assume now. I'm like yeah. I'm not going to plan so far ahead. I'm not going to put off things that I can do sooner because I feel like this cancer does this strange thing where I feel like I've lived a fuller, happier, more rounded life in the last four years than I ever did in the 31 years before. Do you feel the same? For sure. Like there's so many things I've done that I I couldn't imagine doing before like even this mm. podcast and I was on the Lorraine show a few weeks ago you were darling looking show. fabulous on national television I know and I was on I, I was on the news and stuff like, like I, I wouldn't have done these things before because I was I was just always like I was such an introvert believe it or not like I didn't like <laughs> believe it or not you're an extra or slightly extroverted <laughs> introvert that's what's exactly, happening exactly that's it <laughs> and um like I remember there was like my friend was going to be on this tv show for some trekking thing that she was doing and they wanted to interview me as one of her oldest friends and I just remember the camera being on me and sweating like yeah. I was so nervous so so nervous but 
now I do these things and it's like, you know, I wouldn't, I would I also wouldn't have had the opportunity to do them if it wasn't for my cancer. And I wouldn't have met a lot of the amazing people that I'd met if it wasn't for my cancer. And I would never say, oh, you know, I'm grateful for my cancer or anything like that. I, mm. I'd still rather not have had it. But at the yeah. same time, I've had some life lessons through it and I've made like, you know, some unbreakable bonds through it. And I've had amazing experiences because of it. Um, mm. I was still in a heartbeat go like that I'm like I never had cancer and yeah going back to that innocence that pure innocence yeah, in your brain where you have no take, idea it takes away your sense of like freedom and fear like you just you know you don't you don't live that way anymore before you just got yeah. this naive mindset that tomorrow's just there tomorrow's there to yeah. experience new things like I, I've always said I want to learn the saxophone I can do that tomorrow. Now I'm just yeah. like, oh, Jen, you need to buy the saxophone and do it. <laughs> yeah, you need to actually do it. Yeah. I always think cancer is the killer of carefree. Yeah. It just it does something about, it takes the carefree away. Yeah. And I don't think that is different between primary or metastatic. No, I think that is just life. Life is just more serious. Like you still have yeah. fun, but everything is more serious. You're more focused and you, you're you're more aware, of, like I said, you're more aware of your choices and your decisions. And yeah. before you weren't really, you didn't think too deep about it. You were just yeah. living your life, right? And can, can you talk to me about living in stretch? Because I love this yes. concept that you talk about. And yes. um, I think our listeners would really enjoy hearing about it too. So tell me about your living in stretch. Yeah. So living in stretch, getting out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. So living in stretch, it's all of these things I've said, like, you know, before you would just do the things that you felt safe doing. But all mm. of a sudden, like, like I said, I'm talking to you about my life. I'm on the news and I'm going on holiday by myself. And I'm starting my own business. I've got like two businesses, two side hustles, and oh my god, girlfriend, what's in it? Exactly. And I, you, you, you just have to, you have to just try new things. Like you can't stay in the same place, and it makes you a better person, a more rounded person. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. even all the advocacy work that I do, these are all things that, and meeting new people. Before I always felt uncomfortable around new people, and but now I'm just like, there's, you know, just do it do it do mm. anything you can do to enrich your life to be happier do it reach mm. out and grab it reach out and try it reach out and do it and you know I just like I I, I love that time I do living and stretch because it's just mm. you know that's what it is isn't it you're just yeah beyond what you would normally do you're yeah you know, living from, living you know, through adversity you're you're trying to you're going beyond boundaries right of what yeah you live within and your little bubble and you know, meeting and trying new things. I just think like, you know, I wish everyone would do it. I wish everyone would live. Yeah, I, I think it's such a valuable concept and a value, valuable idea because it's a muscle that you keep flexing. And I think it's like that thing where you have these um, restrictions and limitations that you put on yourself. And the minute you live outside of them or do something outside of your comfort zone yeah. and it shows you that you're capable, it you makes you feel strength. like you can do anything and you find strength. Like people go to me all the time. They're like, oh my God, you when I've done live telly or radio and they're like, how do you, and I'm like, please don't think that I'm not sitting there like you sweating, no matter how many times I do it, but I make myself do it. I don't turn these things down because I think there will always be something that to learn from. And after having a cancer diagnosis, I'm like, is it going to kill me? No. Will I say something that might embarrass me? Yes. Will I survive it? Yes. So it's the worst that's going to happen. This is it. It, Like anytime you have an opportunity, like what is the worst that could happen? Yeah. If it's not worse than all the stuff you've been through before, then try it please try it and just do it and you know it's not that and like trying new experiences doing new things is not going to kill you 
right? So, you know, that's not going to be what takes you, that's going to be your downfall. So just, you know, reach out and try it. And the thing is, and if you do it and you're like, you know, that's not for me. It's not Move for on. you. But, if, but you've tried you, it and you know, yeah. right? Like I have, these, I have these ridiculous things on my, my best life list. Like, yeah, please tell us more about the best life list. <laughs> so I I've love got, it. So apart from like, I want to like visit every continent and I want to like, there's a place, the place I want to travel, see the Northern Lights, but yeah. I've got things like a sky, like these are things I would never, ever, ever, ever do. Skydive. I've got skydiving oh there, hot air balloon, helicopter ride. And around the time I put helicopter ride on, then obviously, you know, helicopters have been falling out of the sky and people dying. But at the same time, I'm just like, I think, I won't say I'm not afraid of dying, because, mm. but I'm, I'm more aware of my mortality. Oh, so yeah. I think, I do think, like, what is the worst that can happen? Like, yeah. yeah. Yes, helicopters can fall out of the sky, but it doesn't happen all the time. So, no. if it's something you want to do, be brave and just do it. Because imagine yeah. how amazing you will feel after you've done that side How great yeah. would that be? Right. Do you know and- what? My mum, she, my mum and my granddad both have this attitude, and I love it. And it is a bit morbid, and it is a bit. But they go, well, we've got. It's got to be something that mm. takes you. It's got yeah. to be something. Yeah. So yeah. if it's a, if my time is. Helicopter, when I'm jumping out, helicopter. out the sky yeah. that's what it is and and you know it's that whole thing is, again it's that you can use that fear as a limiter a limiter and and, and, a, and a stop button or you can use well, it as a tailwind yeah yeah it's like I just think you know if it is my skydive that takes me at least it wasn't cancer so <laughs> yeah it's just like up yours cancer, cancer I win so, and can yeah. you talk to me about as well your like we talked about thriving and for adversity but also you've started making like jewelry and stuff yes. like that and um, for thriving and, yeah. and I love them yeah so um, I, tell us about that it started off obviously I, I have a blog as well where I talk about my journey yeah. and on that yeah. I have like a little gift shop and I have necklaces which are for me they're more like affirmations right affirmation mm-hmm. necklaces so I like the work our, our listeners can't hear it, but I'm wearing it now. Yeah. It's my Thriver yeah. necklace. Um, yeah, so I can see it's like called, Thriver, yeah. Warrior. And I have another one, Survivor. And the word Survivor before didn't resonate with me. But mm. because I think that sometimes it doesn't encompass secondary breast cancer patients. But yeah. then I also, like I was listening to Lisa when she was talking on um, a tea chat. And she was like, I feel like a survivor. And I'm like, you know what, you're right. Yeah, you are. Because whilst we're alive, we're surviving, right? So Survivor is for anyone. Thing. We're all survivors. Yeah, so, like if you are you here? Are you yeah. present? Are you alive? Then you've survived. Yeah, you survived yeah. yesterday. You survived this morning. Exactly. It is, so, and I think that's a really great narrative to have as well. Because if you can get to the mindset that you're a survivor, it's almost like you know that self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, exactly. You're like, well, I am. I am. Yeah. I am well, so I am. I'm a survivor, so I'm surviving. Um, so yeah, so I have these, and then I've got like a faith, hope, love necklace as well. I I think mm. this whole journey is about having faith, hope, and love is what like keeps you going doesn't it like it does family, yeah friends your support network everything so um I and I just thought they were nice gifts but you know not just a bunch of flowers and something mm. like that so I have that and then also even that has like a fan because we all get hot flushes yeah. and stuff like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh mate the hot flushes ridiculous Woo. so um so yeah so I, and um I'm trying to think what else is on there so yeah just 
things like that. Like my my favorite my favorites on there are the necklaces because I just yeah. think affirmations are so important. You have to say and to it keep and have it. it on your chest. And like I don't know about you, but when I'm anxious, I wear necklaces. I'm yeah. wearing one now. I talk. I hold them. I play. Exactly. And there's something about having a talisman close to your heart that. Yeah. Is a reminder. It's a reminder. So like, I'm thriving. Reminder of yeah. your resilience and your strength mm. and that you can get through anything, right? So if you have it there mm. um, to hold on to, it's, um, I just think these are, they're like powerful words that, you know, I like, to, I wear my necklaces all the time. And mm. um, like, there's also breast cancer awareness ribbon and stuff mm. like that. So, um, so yeah. And, you know, give percentage to charity as well. So, um, so yeah. It's 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 something that means a lot to me, and um, I just I want everyone to thrive, and I want thriving mm. to mean something to all cancer patients, and and not just cancer patients, anyone going through adversity, right? So because yeah, we all have to thrive through something. Like we all have yeah. a cross to bear, and mine is cancer. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you know, um, yeah. So I just think these affirmation words can help you get through it. So so mm. yeah. <laughs> With that in mind, babe, before like we have to leave you, I'd really love to know what your advice would be. Um, you've already given so much <laughs> knowledge and wisdom in this conversation anyway. Um, but what advice would you give to someone who is living with metastatic breast cancer or maybe just got a diagnosis and they're really struggling to adopt that positive mindset, that thrive attitude? Like, What would your tips be for kind of just, getting yourself into that space? I think you have to give yourself time and be kind mm. to yourself because it's such a difficult place and it can be really dark. Um, and I think you have to allow yourself to experience that. And when you're ready and you will be ready, it might not be today, tomorrow, it might even take a year, but at some point you will be ready. Um, and in the meantime, just be kind to yourself and take it day by day mm. and, you know, just do things that you enjoy right like mm-hmm. have your give yourself treats and eventually you will as you live longer and longer eventually you begin to realize that you know you can live and thrive with metastatic breast cancer but you know at the beginning it's tough it's really tough mm-hmm. but you know don't be hard on yourself just experience it and just give yourself mm-hmm. time and be kind I think is the biggest thing mm-hmm. because you know I just it's it's tough and Mm -hmm. I think if you put pressure on yourself to be I need to thrive I need to live my best life Mm -hmm. that's another thing your body doesn't need you need to you can't sustain that level of we all need a day where we just sit in our knickers and eat pasta oh yeah I had a day like that the other day I didn't even I sit didn't sit in my knickers and eat pasta probably sat in my my bed and watch tv (laughs) yeah you need those days right and we all have them and at the beginning you have more but Mm -hmm. you know it's eventually you will be in a place where you are able to talk about your experience you know I I have another friend that was diagnosed just before me and I remember Mm. speaking to her because her brother was like who I'm really close to was like speak to Jen she's had breast cancer but I remember I was thinking mine's mine's primary not secondary I don't know what to say to her that's awful that's awful and I didn't know then that obviously I clearly had like my secondary but I hadn't been diagnosed then and like now when I speak to her, like even though she was diagnosed before me, she says to me, Jen, I love everything that you're doing. And I mm. wish I could be more involved in the cancer world and also talk about my story. And I said to her, don't feel you have to. Like there's yeah. enough people talking about their journey. Like when we've all got ready, big enough gobs. Yeah. yeah. When you're ready, <laughs> when you feel you have time, when you feel there's something that you want to share, people will listen. So, you know, in the mean but don't put pressure on yourself at all. Just be no. kind to yourself and when you're ready. 
when you're ready. And and, and if you're ready, I think yeah. as well, there's something to be said around as well, being able to step back from cancer. Yeah. So like we, we all know when we're in the, in, in the throes of everything, we tend to look to our community members and we'll go on forums and talk about it. But I think it's really important, um, or correct me if I'm wrong, but like when you are going through it to have that time where you are just Jen or just yeah. Lauren and that in itself can help you to thrive because yeah. You know, you could be in a really great headspace and, as you said, see some really sad news about someone and it throws you right back to the start. Yeah. So sometimes it's like you need that time yeah, to like, just be I, and thrive in your zone, yeah, right? Like I always say to um, Leanne and I, I guess to you as well mm. that I don't, like, when I after my primary diagnosis, I felt like I needed to get away from cancer and live my life. Like, yeah. I admire the fact that you guys are still able to, you know, you've been through your cancer journey and, like, mm-hmm. I know we never really leave it, but, you know... I, I feel for you guys that even you need your time and your space. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I got I actually got so involved in Black Women Rising. I was like, Leanne, you can't do this on your own. Like, yeah. you, you are still healing. You need time. Like, I felt like I needed time to be away from cancer. And, um, like, even now I have, there's a lot of people on Instagram that I've muted just because I can't, I, I can't hear it. <laughs> I don't resonate yeah, with their message. And I don't, no. I don't want my feed to be all about cancer all the time, right? So yeah. I just yeah. don't go on social media. If I'm having a day where mm-hmm. I feel like it's too much, I, mm-hmm. I'll bake a cake. I'll watch TV. I'm just, mm. I don't need to think, I don't need to be a cancer patient every day. You know, yeah. in, in between my appointments, I don't need to think about it. Only when I choose to and when I'm ready to. And that's it. So, yeah, I just, you definitely need time and space to know, to just be someone else not mm-hmm. be Jen the cancer patient just to be Jen so yeah um yeah I try and do that and yeah. you know I, I've also like been very clear to my friends that when we meet I don't always want to talk about it and mm. you know even when I had progression I didn't tell them because I knew it would start a whole Jen what can we do how can I how can mm. I they always want to save you but the reality is you can't there's not really much they can do so I just didn't tell them I just I actually like let them know through the Lorraine show <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm, gonna be I'm gonna be on the radio I'm, tomorrow you're, you're you, make sure you watch you're yeah. bombs on national television exactly. oh my god yeah. but then they knew it was very clear to them that I wasn't going to have a whole big conversation with with them about it so although they did drop me the odd message Jen we're thinking about you it wasn't a it wasn't me having to comfort them about my cancer because that's what ends yeah. up happening and I just sometimes I can't deal with that so <laughs> so do you think there's a lot around the thriving then that is living in your truth it's like to thrive is to live in your truth and yeah. living not in fear, but in hope. Living, yes, definitely. And also it's a lot about, you know, um, I I want to I want to live more than I don't want to die, you know? Mm. So, and because of that, I'm going to do things that I love and things that I enjoy and spend time with people that I resonate with and mm. other people that have positive energies and stuff like that. Mm. And that's what helps you thrive. If you're in a negative mm-hmm. space, it's impossible to thrive, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, cancer's, the cancer community is a difficult place and sometimes mm-hmm. there is negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I think I had to get myself into a place where I can handle it. So, mm-hmm. you know, the other day I had to have a one-to-one um, with someone um, that, that was new, newly diagnosed and it was mm. a really difficult conversation to have to have with her because she was in mm. such a dark place and yeah. I was surprised by the fact that I was able to continue the conversation and yeah I, felt I talked her off the edge even though you know she probably still is on the edge but um, yeah. you know it's it's you know I think all of that is you have to be 
in a place where you're sure of yourself and you know what you want and you're able to you know you you know you're you have lived experiences and you want to grow them and experience new things and also I have hope and I have faith and I always say that I don't I don't know how I don't say people don't have to be religious but you have I feel like you have to have faith in something Otherwise, I don't know. I don't know what would get me up in the morning. So uh, it's my faith that gets me up in the morning and get and gets me and thrive, thriving. Because I'm like, mm. in my mind, I'm like, God wants me well, and I believe that. I truly mm. believe that. So um, I focus on that, and that's what helps me thrive. And then also, like I said, I've got this community of women that I see thriving, and you know, those are the people that I tap into, and from them, I'm able to share my light with others, right, and help them thrive as well. So, so yeah, Jen. <laughs> You're amazing. Where can people find you and the work that you've done with Black Women Rising as well? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. So my handle is Jen Cronje, so J-E-N-N-C-R-O-N-J-E. Um, and also I have a blog, which is beingjennifercronje.com. Um, and I talk about my journey there as well. So I am very accessible. Anyone want to speak to me? Hit me up and I'll like just slide you. into a DMs yeah, straight on there. Exactly. Straight like, in with DMs. I, I do and, um, I do say don't slide into my DMs. Click the email button because I'll click that the one, email I'll, button. There we that go. One, That's that, yeah. that one you'll definitely I retract get me. the last statement. We, take, <laughs> not the end. we go into the email, slide into the inbox, please. Otherwise, you'll end up doing. in general and you won't get read. <laughs> yeah, you won't, mate. I know that. I, so many people I feel so bad. I can never get back to them. Yeah. Um, and then in Black Women Rising, it's blackwomenrising.org, right? Yes, if they want to find all the wonderful work. Or the, or, the hand, or the handle on Instagram is Black Women, Rise, Black Women Rising UK. And UK. from there, there's all the link, the link tree links that can take you to the website, and you can order mm. your magazine, and you can. And there's support groups, right? So support if someone's well, listening to this, yeah, yeah. we're currently um, doing there's monthly peer to peer support, um, and it's mm-hmm. at the moment it's still just we're all in together, so it's not just yeah. it's breast cancer, it's all cancers. Yeah, um, and we're but we we our plans for the new year is to start doing like a support group for secondaries and for young cancer thrivers in collaboration with Trek Stock and stuff like that. So brilliant. Yeah. So we're you know, and then also there's Black Men Rising that we're trying to get yeah. off the ground as well. But it's even harder with Black Women Rising because Black men definitely don't want to talk about it <laughs> yeah. more so than you know you know Black women. So it's tough. Yeah. But, you know we're up for the fight and we're just we're just trying to like fight for the space for you know to empower women to feel to own their space own your journey own your cancer journey yeah I always say you are the CEO to your health so you know oh my god yeah your medical team work for you right so don't don't let them knock you back if you're not happy with something you tell them and you speak to them and you make them change things so mm-hmm. you know that's that's me and that's you know that's what I'm trying to do and that's my trying to live my truth and move forward so yeah <laughs> I adore you woman and I tell you what I we all too. need a Jane Cronje to sit on our shoulder every day I'm feeling super empowered after talking oh, to you bless you I bless to you. in some way I don't know what I'm gonna do when I get off there oh. might go for a run or something oh, um, it's a bit dark and wet out there so just um, I know maybe not today get, well get maybe I'll thrive by, yeah maybe I'll thrive by getting my weights out or maybe just Having a chill out. Yeah. That's what I feel like. Have a glass tonight. of Having wine. Like, cause oh, sold. That's the way forward sold. too. Sometimes it's not all about working out. It's just having a glass of wine and watching some Netflix. So. And having some self-care. But yeah, oh, genuinely, darling, it's been, it's been such a pleasure having you on and, you. and talking to you. And I always feel like smiley and happy and hopeful when I, when I speak to you. So thank you thank so you. much, darling. 
Um, I appreciate you very much. Um, thanks for your time, Jen. And thank you to everyone who's tuned in to this podcast. You can hear more from me and other metastatic breast cancer babies in the next episode. You can also listen to more episodes on the Furthermore website, furthermore.life, and all of your usual podcast places. And if you know someone that you think would benefit from this series, please don't forget to let them know and share your feedback on Instagram using hashtag mybroadcast. So until then, guys, thank you very much again and goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by ASI Europe Limited.